What's happening? What's going on? Sauce Twins. Too, too short. Well, too hey. tall. Hey, man. Too short. Too tall in this thing. Hey, man. We just want to um, welcome Bobby Stroop yes, on sir. the show, on the Sauce Twins show. Welcome, welcome. Uh, founder of Team APEC, president of APEC. I mean, he's trained all types of professional athletes, multiple sports, correct? That's it. Yep. And, um... Man, we really just gonna dive in this thing and just um, we just really want to know a little bit about how you began, how you started. Like, obviously, this is your passion, um, yeah. and like what Stroop's life looks like from when you started Apex and where you are now. Yeah, man, I love it. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, sir. It's an honor. I appreciate. It. I love seeing you guys do big things. A um, little bit about me, you know, pre Apex. I was a kid that was, you know, I had braces on my legs when I was a little kid, like the Forrest Gump thing. I was the smallest kid in my grade till probably high school, boy or girl. I was the, uh, I wasn't the first kid picked on the playground type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so just my whole life, man, I was always looking for a way to not be the best, but be good enough, you yeah. know, to have fun, you know, get out there and do those things. So it was always kind of a part of me. And, you know, in high school, I ended up developing into a decent competitive athlete and tried some track and field records, play football, yeah. powerlifting records and stuff, and ended up getting hurt my senior year. But when I got hurt, I had a, I had a fracture in my iliac crest, pretty bad injury, uh, an avulsion fracture. And through that process, what I learned is that I like to, I mean, I was doing it for myself. It was very selfish at the time. Yeah. But I learned that I like the research. I like to look things up. I like to see them work. And then all my teammates started working out with me and doing things. I'm like, guys, I'm just rehabbing my hip. They're like, what's well, it, it? I like this. It helps me, you know. So mm-hmm. then I started thinking, man, I really, I really like this. I really want to do this. And through that rehab process, I got some opportunities to run track and play college football. Uh, the track program dropped when I got there. So then I mm. was just a, a, yeah, I was just a football guy. Hey, where are you from? Man, I'm from. Well, so my dad was in the oil field. Man, I'm kind of from a bunch of places. Okay. Right, we, we moved seven seven times in about twelve years, but Oklahoma, Kansas, okay. East Texas, North Texas. Okay. You know, like I graduated from high school north of McKinney. Okay. Little, little school. D town. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, it was always more. It, it began to be like, you know, I'm not going to play pro sports. That's that's likely. So, when I got into college, it was all about. You know, when, when kids took breaks over Christmas and would do things and go to Padre or whatever, like I'd go intern somewhere. Yeah. I'd go visit. I was a weird kid, man. Like, hey, I'd we go was in Padre. Hey, we yeah, was in like, Padre. You guys might have been in Padre. Yeah. I'm yeah. reading a book. Yeah, yeah. Now, don't misunderstand. I still majored in girls first. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, yeah. But that was where my head was at. Okay. And uh, I was a weird kid. And so through college, I did a lot of strength conditioning with a lot of teammates, and I worked for some Hall of Fame high school coaches. And I mean, I knew what I wanted to do uh, very specifically, and yeah. I had a job in Hawaii coming out. And this is the story of how Apex uh, came out. But I, I, I made arena football team, and so that got delayed. Then I got to Hawaii, and when I got to Hawaii, the place shut down. Oh, yeah! I turned down all jobs. Didn't didn't interview anywhere. Uh, place shut down, and so I came back to Dallas with no plan. I mean, in, in October is not a good time to be looking for a job Mm-mm. for coaching or anything. Yeah, in the fall. Uh, so I ended up getting a job. I had a good resume. I, I, the people I'd worked for were very accomplished, and I, they taught me a tremendous amount, poured into me. Like all of us had people that were, you know, 
that poured into us, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I was very blessed. Good parents, good good education, good mentors and people. And so I walked into a, a Lifetime Fitness construction trailer and they offered me like the, the uh, GM job for fitness. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. It'll be easy, you know? Like, <laughs> so so three months later, I'm, I'm like managing a Lifetime Fitness in Flower Mound, Texas when we open. And man, when I say it was a nightmare. I bet. I already know. Oh, I'm telling you. So, you know, it's it's commission. My, my managerial shift was 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And and then I, if I wanted to make money, I had to train, you know, and the only time to train outside of that is 5 a.m., 6 a.m., wow, 7 a.m. Yeah, so you're there all day taking naps in your car and stuff. And um, I was fortunate that <laughs> some physical therapists kind of recruited me to East Texas and my grandmother always had a ranch out here, and I liked. I don't like people. I like trees. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's yeah. a good fit for yeah. me. Yeah. So it's been man. That that's the short story. Um, that's 16 years ago. So then when we start APEC, I came here, started on a grass field. I was here for five months. I only got 13 clients my first summer, mm. and it hurt my ego and pride. But it was really good. Yeah. It was a really good thing. Uh, we, we wrote up names on a board and the original name was like Accelerate. So we called it Accelerate Camp because my thing was speed, right? That was, yeah. you know, being a young coach, when you're a young coach, you think the things you should coach are the things you're personally good at. Yeah. And I mean, I learned that that's not a good thing to, to stick with, but at the time it was, it was what we did. So then it took us a couple years to get a small facility. We built a little uh, warehouse place and we were there for eight years and we expanded from just speed to working with all sports, all ages. And yeah. Man, we're on our second facility. Now we've expanded to two locations. We do worldwide consulting, and we've got over 200 athletes in six professional sports. And That's wow. Wow. We're, just, we're, we're blessed, man. So just to look back at that. Wow. And, uh, you know, to look at to think about, like, those ketchup sandwiches I used to share with my dog. It's, wow. Hey. It's all worth uh, it, though. That's amazing. Yeah, it's worth it, man. Yeah. And, and now, now we're to the point where we're influencing more lives, and I've got a great team of people uh, beneath me that are smarter than me, and yeah. they're they're leading this company and doing great things for people. And yeah, man, we're blessed. Yeah, yeah that's what's up. Yeah, man, that's an amazing story. Just, I guess it's really encouraging because a lot of people coming up in the industry really struggle with one. I think a vision sometimes, and yeah. it seems like your vision was very clear from a very early age um and then being able to stick with that vision through mm-hmm. it all that's mm-hmm. it's, it's huge and that, that's encouraging to hear that that injury that injury is what said it that's all that's crazy though right yeah. that's yeah. when you find yourself now you say what is in your sacroiliac joint you had a fracture yeah. or your yeah so i had i had a fracture and it was an avulsion fracture so basically the bone chipped off of my hip right mm. where my hip flexor and all that fascia okay. tissue connect okay because you know i didn't know how to train so i realized when i got testosterone i could get strong pretty quickly so i'd squat four sets of five every day and every yeah. day i tried to beat the weight before yeah and i just created a lot of dysfunction i was a 10 500 guy mm, okay. So okay when you create that when you have speed and then you also are doing that type of volume that's a recipe man for, that's funny you right? say that because yesterday i just saw um our friend Mike Boyle, um, yeah. who is an alumni to the show as well, he yeah he did a video yesterday about how fast guys that have more fast twitch, quick twitch muscle fibers, guys yeah. that are twitchy like yourself, um, 
they are more, I guess, like vulnerable, yeah, to injury. And you can't train the, them, these guys the same way. You know, of course, we can't train our athletes the same, but just those explosive guys, just a little bit more fragile in some ways. You know, we have to be careful, I guess, when it comes to programming and training. He was just talking about that yesterday. But, no, that's great because think about it, man. A Maserati, you don't run that on the street every day. Right. You drive your Ford Fusion. Yeah. You know, but look, sports cars are in the shop. Yeah. I mean, you, you're gonna go win a, you can go win a race with them, but if you race six times this week, you're going to lose because you're going to be in the shop. Yeah. So the, when you have someone that is, you know, a racehorse or something like that, like a, you know, you, you know, gotta make sure that you that you give them rest, man. They more right. power with more power comes more responsibility. It doesn't matter if yes. it's money or ability. Yes, so if you have ability like that, you've got to take that into consideration. There's more amplitude. The effect of your movement it costs more. It costs yes. more money. It costs more energy. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm glad we're kind of flowing into this. I, I want to kind of ask you about one of your uh, tweets. And kind of get some more, I guess, more details and just have you elaborate for us and everybody. You you um, made a comment that coaches leading in-season work. Yeah. And it says that best injury reduction technique is appropriate game simulation speed in practice, exclamation. Yeah. Conditioning is inferior to adaptation. So... Elaborate on that and what that looks like for guys on a practical, in a practical way for teams that are training and coaches that are trying to figure out the best programs for the athletes. Man, that's a great question. So, first, I'll I'll just take it back to you know when college football really started changing. I would say it was probably early two thousands, right? Okay. Maybe mid two thousands started changing quite a bit. There were some coaches that started to realize that different pace of play is kind of a hack for. A deficit in talent, right? Mm -hmm. So you had you had Baylor and Oregon, yep, speeding it up, start speeding it up. Yep. So why did they do that? And they were like, "Oh, condition." Jimmy Radcliffe is a friend of mine that I, that I've known. I used to visit him and watch him work. He was the strength coach for Oregon for twenty five years. He was just a teacher before that, and he hasn't been working with them the last five years. If you're wondering what the problem is up there, it's probably probably piece of it. Have changed. <laughs> yeah, I've so, noticed. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but he doesn't do any conditioning, not any conditioning. But here's what they do. They do so many full-speed reps at practice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they don't let a guy get a rep when he's fatigued. You do not practice tired. Because when you practice full-speed, even stepping away for a minute and 30 seconds, you go back in, you run full-speed, you're going to adapt only to velocity-specific <laughs> So. The, the problem isn't that the kids aren't in shape because obviously they develop work capacity through two and a half hours of aerobic work a day mm -hmm. and their tissues adapt to that. What they haven't adapted to is moving that fast that long. Yep. Right. And the only way to adapt to moving fast that long is by moving fast. You're not in a gasser. Like, let's take gassers, right? Like, I'm not on a witch hunt against coaches that do gassers. Yeah, yeah. What, but what I will say is that when you're running a gasser, what percentage do you fellas think how hard do you think guys will run? I, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I done ran plenty. <laughs> what? What? 65%? Maybe. Maybe at that. 
So it would be similar to telling a, someone, like, if you want to prepare for basketball, you should do CrossFit. Well, look, I'm not witch hunting CrossFit either. What I would say, though, is if, if you do CrossFit or you do gassers, you gotta you got to take serious consideration that you're programming the body to work really well and do really well at about 65% of its capacity. Mm-hmm. So in practice... Do a full speed drill. Let the let them rest. Now, then start decreasing the rest and make sure everything's full speed. Yep. And when you do more drills that are full speed and less drills that are not, your your athletes are going to have the work capacity to be able to play full speed longer in the game. I got a question. Yes, sir. What do you think about? So let's say I have a, a football team. I'm just thinking about this, and I. I don't want to do conditioning at the end of practice. After practice, you're asking guys to run more at that 55 to 65%. What about taking the guys out before and doing three to four sprints after dynamics, full speed sprints to, you know, just kind of get your central nervous system up, ramped up right before practice. What do you think about maybe doing something like that? Is that still not worth it? Or do you just want to take those reps in practice if guys are so, so stuck on doing some type of conditioning with football practice before or after most of the time? Because I'm thinking about maybe doing some speed work before. I mean. I think that's an excellent suggestion. And I think that it's got to, obviously it's got to be appropriate for yeah. somebody that heard doing that. Yeah. It's be appropriate for all of us. But I think, most, I think most good coaches that have the opportunity to own that piece that are in our realm yeah. are going to add a couple sprints to, and just call it the dynamic warm-up. They're not going to tell the coach they're doing sprints. Uh-huh. But I do think that that has happened on some levels. Yeah. I like – I mean, if you had the ability to do throws too, I love granny toss throws. Yeah. I love, I love doing some bounds before that and then working your way to sprints. Mm-hmm. I think those things are an incredible way to ramp up the central nervous system to get the body understanding like, oh, this is this is what we need to get to today. Yeah, and then, and then everything else you, you're grooving that motor pattern, so now everything else is just going to be at a higher speed. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea for for coaches. Other thing too is, if you want to get conditioning, do special teams and make them full speed reps. Boy, that that conditioning get you right there, punts, <laughs> kick off, kick off, yeah. You got to play. Yeah. So that's another way I think is a really good opportunity to to get your special teams period in and also your conditioning. Now, don't do it like this. Don't line them up and run them, run them, run them on air. I'm talking about make them compete. Live. That's velocity specific adaptations. Yeah. And you're also going to get opportunity there. And that's one thing. I don't know. I don't know. One of the parents was talking about one of the teams out here haven't gone against. Oh, yeah. They haven't done any, any kind of. First team defense against second team offense or no anything live. like no live kind of action. Re- yeah. Everything just been on air. Yeah, and you, and you want yeah, you making this <laughs> exactly, bro. Like right now, we're we're trying to continue to build relationships with the high school district that we're in because we see a lot of areas where it almost looks like negligence. Like yeah. it's just like, but we're really trying to come in like on the because every, just like you and us and everybody that's really in this thing, it's about education. That's like you said, like all of the reading and the that you were doing, just educating yourself. And so like that is one thing that we are trying to do right now more than ever is build the relationships with our district and with the coaches, um, and the strength coaches. 
PE coaches, whoever it may yeah. be, but to to get that understanding, mm-hmm. because there's no way you can ask these kids to go to practice. Like you said, they do no no live full speed reps against first team D, whatever the case may be, but no live reps. And then on Friday night, you're expecting to see these guys perform at a high level for 60 minutes. It's crazy. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a tough ask. I mean, you're you're talking about, I mean, one of the the most uh, prominent ways to get better at the game of football is allow athletes to get used to reacting to different angles in front of them. Like, if you don't have an opposition... Then you can't react. If you can't react, you can't adapt to your reaction mechanisms. You can't get better at that. Right. There's and no way. forget contact. Contact's a thing too. But right. I mean, if, if you just don't even know how to interact and make decisions on the fly, and think about a DB that's never ha- that doesn't get live action of oh a receiver trying to play off coverage and a guy about to run a post corner on you. Like it's crazy. There. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be. That's crazy, bro. Um. It, it was it was so funny too that we had we were gonna have you come on today because we had another guy I want to make sure I get his name right Coach Jay Taylor um, asked how important is in season conditioning and we already kind of talked about that and should it be geared towards punishment or preparation yeah and and I immediately just kind of told him like we were kind of split in the facility like. She shouldn't really. You it, really it shouldn't. Like you yeah, shouldn't it shouldn't be a punishment thing. Yeah, Haley was felt the same way with. But that's how. But I feel like that's how a lot of the conditioning is. That's done. my experience growing up. High school, you you conditioned. When you got in trouble, the team conditioned. You were late to practice. You had more conditioning. You know what's 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 your take on punishment with conditioning and how you does it depend on sport um, with preparation. After or conditioning after practice, like does it does it matter? Should it be used for punishment? I think that's a good question. You know, I, I think there's a culture in football, right? It's been been around a long time. Yeah, and that is punishing punishing athletes with con- physical conditioning. I think that the problem with that we're facing is if you want to change that dialogue, everybody can point and say, well. He did it. He won six national championships. And it's like, yeah, but that's because everyone did it. And, yeah. that, and honestly, uh, results and success are two different things. So just because someone had mm. success doesn't mean it, it actually provided any the level results. of results. Mm. Uh, okay. 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 So, okay. Bobby. Yeah, trademark, trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bobby. Ah, yeah. Dropping them dimes, so, them gems. But, but what I would say is that, you know, like, it's one thing to have guys run gassers for um, – conditioning is punishment it's another thing to have guys do barrel rolls and pull pads and pour put a water hose on mm. um you know i've seen i've seen a, a lot of variation you know mike leach is a, is a friend of mine and i i love mike but i think that you know he's big on mental toughness yeah, yeah. he's got a, he used to have a thing when he got to washington state he didn't like that he didn't think they were tough right so yeah. he tore up a section of turf made it all sand he named it leach beach and if you were late you had to do barrel like barrel rolls and full pads with a, a, a fireman regulation water hose on you in the sand and you guys know y'all play yeah like getting getting dirt in your pads and being wet yeah. that's a that's a special type of hell yeah so um that you know i don't i don't think i agree with that i think i 
I, I think what would be best practice, and this is this is me probably ignoring some things that I'm ignorant to because I'm not a sport coach, but I think I think punish punish in a way that will help elevate the type of behavior you want to influence. Does that make any sense? Okay. So it's like if a guy's late, make him be there 45 minutes early the rest of the week. Don't make him do conditioning. Be like you actually have to be here 45 minutes early and you're going to have me set up practice. Yeah. Or you know, if a guy drops a pass, make him take balls off the juggling machine or stay with the quarterback or help warm the quarterbacks up. Doing conditioning isn't going to solve your problem. Mm. It's just not. So I would much more prefer for coaches to think think and say, all right, how can I use this as an opportunity, as a teaching moment to actually get the behavior that I do want? And I think those are very obvious opportunities That's to, get, yeah. to good teachers. Because how, you know? how many times people get in trouble and they do the punishment and then they do the same thing that, again. That, that's huge because now I, I, I fully understand what you mean about the success and the results because the team or whatever, that coach might still have success. But did you really get the results of helping this guy become a better receiver and catch more balls, really work on his hands? Right. Or, you know, is this guy going to respect time management the same? You know, I, I fully understand that now. That, yeah, association and elevation are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, look, look at him. Yeah, he throwing them out there today, baby. He throwing them out there. Y'all better be listening. Hey, how your notepad out? Uh, Dr. Stroop in here, teacher. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Hey, that's what happened when you read. Right. Huh? Hey. Readers are leaders, baby. Hey, there you right. go. Hey, that's what's up, though. But no, that that that's that's major because I, you know, I kind of struggle with this whole mental toughness thing too. Yeah. Because I feel like. There's so much to gain from just being mentally tough, just no matter what, like just in life, like, I don't know, just with sports and everything you deal with. But I, I completely hear you. And I go back and forth with with this little uh, again Conditioning this, punishment. and this whole thing on um, how you breathe better. You recover better if you put your hands on your knees. They say don't put don't stand up tall. Really, you put your hands on your knees and you recover faster. You know, there's this whole little thing going on about that now. And mm. and I'm and it's saying, you know, all of the science and, you know, when you put your hands on your knees, you know, it opens up your um, your lungs and your rib cage can actually breathe through your lungs and not your shoulders when you're standing up. And it's harder to breathe like this and all of this stuff. And I'm just thinking like. If you put your hands on your knees while we playing, y'all, I'm about to run the ball at him because I know that's that mental yeah, toughness. Yeah, so I, that's why I'm just thinking about the conditioning and the the mental toughness. I think you just have to find that that fine. Now I'll say it is now. I didn't try both. I didn't have my hands on my knees. <laughs> you just felt better with your and I didn't stood up. <laughs> And that hands on your knees, right? But how much feels great? How much? How much more important though is it for you to have that mental toughness? Are you right. recovering that much faster than the right? I'm gonna go up? on the side of the mental toughness to where I'm gonna stand, and you're not gonna see me bending over. That's where I don't I'm know. At. I don't know. It's all, but it's all it does feel like a little it. better. With the hands on your knees, I think. I think it depends, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, look. I think what you got to decide is, is it more important for your team to get recovery or have a psychological advantage? You got to make a conscious decision. I mean, yeah. 
and I think in track and field, I mean, it's going to be fine to put your hands on your knees. But I think if you're looking across the line at a team that's got a better reputation than you, they look bigger, they look better, they look faster, they look stronger. You better sit up with your hands on your knees at any opportunity, or, or sorry, you better sit up with your hands on your hips yeah. at any opportunity that they feel like bending over because then you got an opportunity to get that mental edge. Yes. To me, that's, that's an example of showing that mental toughness is just discipline under stress. So if you can have discipline under stress and you can gain it, you can get an, an advantage over your opponent. Yeah. That starts psychological, but can become physiological real quick. Mm, and they mm. and, you know what I'm saying? If they start buying into yeah. what you're doing, yeah. then, then that's a real thing. So I think, I think just making a, making a choice on yeah. that. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm old, man. I, I'm not. I don't have anything to prove. I'm gonna bend over and put my hands. <laughs> <on> my <knees. laughs> I hear you, right? <laughs> hey, I'm tired. <laughs> nah, man. I, I hear you. I just. I don't know, man. I just, you know, just kind of went back and forth on that. And it kind of came up today with the conditioning. So I was like, man, let me yeah. let me dive in that a little bit. Um, Great question. Um, just kind of keep going with this in-season stuff. When it comes to in-season training, man, we, of course, we know what we believe in, in making sure you're still hitting the weights in-season, how important it is across the board to us football basketball baseball like you know whatever i don't know how there's some belief that especially i don't know we again we're dealing with trying to educate these people make sure that they understand what's important which you also put on here strength training for gains two times a week minimum now you didn't say strength train to maintain like I'm sure that was on purpose. What 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 is that? What is that? What did you mean by strength training for games? Because I think we, we think we know what you mean, but what do you what do you mean by that? If you're not striving to get to, to improve your strength, and I'm talking about in a measurable way on certain lifts, yeah, then there's no way that you're going to maintain what you came into the season with. And I actually think that in season is a good opportunity to make things simpler. Mm. And I think that there is a good opportunity to still increase your maxes by about 10 to 15 percent. And the reason I think that is because you're not going to be doing as many of the things as the offseason does to beat your body up. Okay. Play the game and you're not going to have as many workouts. So most if most sports coaches are honest, they're not going to get in the weight room more than three times a week. And that's at max. Yeah, they're just not. So. You're talking about doing very basic lifts. I mean, most guys can't hang clean and power clean. You've got wrist and shoulder stuff that's going to be common problems. Yeah. You've got all kinds of things. And I would say if that's something that people are all hung up on and they're like, no, we're going to do that. Well, you need to have a plan for when guys have wrist and shoulder injuries. And what I would do is do a lot of throws. I would do a lot of throws at, at maximal force and try to, you know, rate of force development you're trying to do it as fast explain as the throws to the people that probably don't know what you mean by a lot of throws yeah so throws would be grain toss throws you take an implement that it could be you know it could be a sandbag or a med ball that ranges anywhere from we go as light as two pounds mm-hmm. to as heavy as you know 60 pounds it's between your legs you throw it as high as you can max height what does that do um it gets that proverbial that that triple extension Mm-hmm. But really what it does is it creates speed through that system. It teaches your body a neurological speed that you can apply to power. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it would be the same thing that you would you would hope to get with 
really good Olympic lifting technique. Right. Except for it's way easier, and you can do it. Now, if you have kids that have tight hips, you can throw a med ball backwards overhead, and you're going to get better extension of the hip flexors mm. and optimize that system. Uh, I also like rotational throws because you can work power. Um, and, you know, if you have a wall or if you want them to partner up. Yeah. All those things are great because they, te- they, they teach the central nervous system to ramp up those movements for velocity instead of just having stability. Yeah. And all those things are important. But the problem is if you completely neglect power, there's a chance that you're not going to have it even though you build the strength that you that you want. Mm. So I think that's a key component in in-season training too. And yeah. it doesn't take very long. I mean, yeah. you, can do power, you can do a whole power workout in less than five minutes. Pretty easy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's maximizing your time. Yeah. That's yeah. maximizing your time. If you don't have a lot of time, then you have to, like you said, simplify things and be strategic about your plan, especially in season. Another thing I heard my boy say is you better have a plan for the guys that have the wrist problem. Yeah, that are, it, everybody. Oh my everybody goodness! Everybody we've been having on, we pretty much on the same page. Yeah, being able to 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 modify and adapt. And adapt. I mean, you got to like we. I don't know we. You you know how social media is. You see yeah. social media, and we we just see guys that consider themselves. I don't know. I guess elite or good in this field, and don't have a plan for injured, hurt athletes or athletes that might not be able to perform. You know what you consider full range of motion. It just to me that is that's a huge no. Like to, you, there's no way you can be in this field and not have a plan for your injured athletes and have a plan to modify every single day on like on, on your feet on the go throughout the workout it just makes no sense and we see it we just see that junk all the time and what i say is you need to have a perfect world plan but you better have third world decision making ready <laughs> right that that's that's that right there need to be on a t-shirt too in here but we're gonna, we're gonna start <laughs> yeah, a shirt we're gonna, have to get we're gonna start a shirt company y'all for your your little quotes <laughs> Loving it, but yeah, but yeah, no. This this is this has been amazing. This is great, man. I um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Taking your time um out of your busy day and your your life, man, to, to get on with us and just chop it up because that's all we doing, just yeah. chopping it up yeah. and giving us gems and just trying to rub up. shoulders, man. Yeah. That's it. Learn from each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are doing awesome, and anytime that. I feel like you know all of us want for people to get what they what they deserve. We want people to we want people to see the best in themselves. You know our mantra is be the best you. So it's like, look, if that's going to be our mantra, then we got to empower everybody that we can yeah. in this community to help every single kid, every single person protect their future and be the best version of themselves. Because you know, if not, what are we doing? If we right. only want to influence people in front of our face, the technology, so we have no excuse, man. We got to yes. get out there. None. I got to get out there and learn from you guys. You guys got to get out there and learn from people like on our team. I mean, like yes. the Mike Bowles in the world and all that. This is this is how we all elevate and this is how we yeah. help solve problems for people. Yes. So, hey, man, we couldn't. Be available for that, man. I appreciate being somebody you consider. Hey, absolutely, man. We couldn't have said it any better than that. Hey, make sure you guys go and follow Team APEC, um, Bob Stroop on Twitter, Instagram, Um any kind of information that you can get from just staying in tune with the social media. Um, I mean, we've been following them for a while. I've been kind of peeking in on all of the sessions, you know, 
back when you were, you know, training Mahomes, you know, the whole nine, man. It's um, it's um, amazing hearing your story today. And again, man, we just can't tell you how thankful we are, you know, to have you on. So, yes, sir. Appreciate it, y'all. Sauce Twins, holler out of this thing. Appreciate you guys. What will you sacrifice to be great? Make sure y'all go and add Sauce Twins. Turn on your notifications. Holla at your guala. Hey, if you got any questions, hashtag ask Sauce Twins. Yeah, hey, we might have to put that phone. People asking, can they phone in to the shows? I might have to see what kind of gadgets Rome got. Put us on live. New, baby. <laughs> hey, red phone right there on the desk. The red phone. Yeah, hey, that'll be live right there. <laughs> Call in. All right, now. All right, boy.